It's shocking to me how important work is and yet how broken finding the right job can be. Everyone's had a bad experience. Trawling through irrelevant job ads, not knowing the salary, applying and then never hearing back. And for managers, wading through irrelevant applications or sending hundreds of LinkedIn emails, hoping for a response. But it doesn't have to be this way. Otter matches the right people with the right jobs at all the most exciting companies. It was founded to make finding a great job less soul-crushing. I use Otter when I'm hiring at Heights, and honestly, I love it. Candidates simply answer a few questions about what they're looking for, and Otter serves up only relevant jobs that match their skills and preferences. This smart matching means companies receive more relevant applications, helping them find the very best people much faster than before. So, if you're looking for the right job, or you'd like to hire smarter, check out otter.com forward slash secret leaders. That's O-T-T-A forward slash secret leaders. I was crying in the shower on the same day that I was on the Today Show. And it was because I was in this cycle where every week I had to work 36 hours straight. I would then take a four-hour nap and then I would work another approximately eight hours. Uh, And I did that seven days a week. And that was not sustainable. That's Christy Ellis, who founded one of the first human quality pet food companies, The Healthy Pet Gourmet. The press went mad. Customers loved it, but the business failed. Why? From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we hardly ever hear about failure, despite it being by far the most common outcome for startups. Plus, it's far more interesting than success, isn't it? Now back to Christy, and back to a time before smartphones, when she was hit by a bolt of inspiration that could have led to a billion-dollar company. I was actually working as a bit part actor in New York. I was on a soap opera. I was in a lot of different advertisements. I did a lot of little things. And the result of that is that in the age before internet everywhere, I was spending about 12 hours a day in a green room with no internet access, having to find ways to occupy my mind and my own time. And so I taught myself companion animal nutrition. I am a researcher by nature, clearly. Uh, But there were only about 80 studies at that time that had ever been done. So it really wasn't as big a feat as that sounds like. And like every other dog owner in Manhattan, Uh, you get to know all the dogs that are around you. You see them every morning. You're on the same schedule with people. You see them in the evening. I have no trouble talking. (laughs) I love to help people with whatever it is I'm currently researching. And I just started talking to dog owners on the streets. You know, they would say, oh, my dog is struggling with this issue or that issue. And I would essentially horrify them. I would tell them everything I was learning about uh, nutrition, but I had no solution for them. Uh, the solution was I was cooking for my own dog. You know, I was making good money. I had free time. And I would say, why don't you just come by? You know, I make food this day of the week. Just come by. I'll just, I'll just you know, give you some extra. Bring your own, you know, little you know, Tupperware, whatever, and I'll give you some. And before I knew it, somebody offered to pay me that I didn't know. They had heard about me from somebody else. 
That moment changed Christie's life. She was going to be an entrepreneur. She realised that was her purpose. And then, like all entrepreneurs dream of, her business started to fly. I was on World News Tonight. I was on the Today Show. I was in syndicated columns around the country. I was in magazines like Hamptons and New York. I had celebrity clients that were doing things like Uh, I can remember one client actually designed her kitchen in her apartment to have room for all of our foods because she was very involved in rescue and she had these three dogs with all these issues. So she designed her kitchen around our foods and being able to house them. Uh, From a revenue perspective, we were about 1.2 million at the height of it. And we were mainly distributing in the tri-state area, but because we had these uh, celebrity and other high-profile clients, we were bi-coastal. We were delivering to California as well. Christy thought she was going to revolutionize how we feed our pets. She was going to help our pets live longer and happier. She was going to build the next IAMS, but that's just what it looked like on the outside and even what Christy told herself. The question I ask is, what did I think I was feeling versus what was I actually feeling? Because what I was actually feeling was that I was drowning and that I was being held hostage by this business and that I didn't know the way out. Uh, You know, sort of one of the stories that people are most surprised by is when I tell them that I was crying in the shower on the same day that I was on the Today Show. And it was because I was in this cycle where every week I had to work 36 hours straight. I would then take a four-hour nap and then I would work another approximately eight hours. Uh, And I did that seven days a week. I was working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, one day, 36 hours straight. And that was not sustainable. Uh, No wonder I failed. Of course, no one can work that hard. But the obvious question for me was, why not hire people to take up the slack? I did hire people, but I only had frontline workers. I didn't have any managers. And, you know, I think it's very easy to look at this period of time or look at the business failure and make the assumption that the failure was related to a skills gap or related to uh, unlucky circumstance. And both of those definitely existed. I definitely had skills gaps. I did not have a business background, as an example. So there was a lot of things around food costing. I could talk a lot about why that was a problem. (laughs) I could also talk about the timing that when the business ultimately failed was at the end of 2007 was when I closed it. And that was as the economic crisis was growing. We weren't really aware of it. It wasn't really an overwhelming issue globally yet, but it was definitely something that I was aware of and I was seeing. But I would say that those are not the reason that I failed. Even if I'd gone to business school, even if I had all these skills that I lacked, even if I'd not had that economic crisis, this business would have still failed. And the reason for that is three things that I did not understand about goals that I think most of us get wrong about goals and that comes sort of as the foundation before you can build any successful business on top of it. And to me, those things were I didn't understand what the purpose of goals were. 
I did not understand how to create a plan that would be in line with my goals. And I didn't understand the difference between tactics and goals. And those three things, because those were all screwed up, there was no way that even with all of the right resources, whether that's financial, whether that's resources, this business would have failed. It was just the wrong business. As it was, though, on paper, the business was doing well. The product was selling and Whole Foods expressed interest in stocking it. But the problem was her products were highly customized for the pets they were serving. Christy needed to make something much more generic and scalable for a retailer like Whole Foods. She was at a crossroads. I really started considering what would it take to grow it? Uh, how would I go about providing Whole Foods with what they wanted? At the same time, what was happening was the economy was starting to get really funny. I can remember there was a two-week period where the cost of some of the ingredients in my foods quadrupled. I didn't know what to do about that. Oh, and some of these high-wealth individuals who were my clients started asking questions about how they could make this, the food stretch further. So we were doing deliveries every two weeks. And when you get high net worth individuals asking you questions like, so, uh, you know, what could we do? Like, you know, would it be possible for us to do deliveries once every three weeks or once every four weeks? Like how, <laughs> these are all bad indicators. And when I closed the business, I honestly didn't realize that I was doing it permanently. Christy knew the right kind of place for her product was somewhere like Whole Foods, but she couldn't develop it whilst also serving her customers, so she closed the business. In the end, she didn't execute on the Whole Foods opportunity either, because she didn't think she had the skills, knowledge or experience to do it. Which sounds sad, but this is why we love speaking to people like Christy about failure. I have zero regrets. I think what I understand is how many businesses fail, and I'm definitely an entrepreneur. I own four businesses today. Had I not had that experience, had I not gone out and given myself the opportunity to grow that business, I would never be where I am now. Not all lessons are comfortable. They shouldn't be. If, if they're comfortable, you've not stretched yourself enough. I love that and will be quoting it for years to come. Not all lessons are comfortable, nor should they be. That failure set Christy up for success, but she's also learned some things about purpose which can make us much happier and more successful. It's all about aligning your work with purpose, not stuff like sales numbers. This seems obvious, but we find it difficult to grasp. It's the same as money not buying happiness, yet money-seeking is what humans tend to default to. Even scientists get it wrong, as they found in a famous study. What they discovered when they were looking at hospital janitors, they assumed this was a really miserable job, you know, because of the tasks of the job, because of the pay of the job, uh, you know, on and on. But what they discovered instead is that janitors have some of the highest job satisfaction in hospitals. Blue collar, white collar, across the board, highest job satisfaction. And the reason for that is that they did not see their job as cleaning up after sick people. They saw their job as an important part of the patient care team. That They were there to notice who was having a rough day to try to make them smile. They were there to notice who wasn't having visitors and to spend a little extra time in their room and on and on. They had this tremendous connection to purpose. And so what the researchers discovered is that that is the sole 
thing that if you can just stay in touch with that connection to your purpose, which is never just to make a whole lot of money, that that will allow you to have grit and to resilience and to overcome the obstacles in your path. So focusing on purpose also gives you grit. That's very handy for an entrepreneur. But what else leads to a successful, fulfilling life? Are there any other building blocks we could focus on? Christy has the answers. There's something called the PERMA model. And it would tell you that there are five areas that create success and fulfillment in our lives. And they're going to be at a different balance for everybody. Achievement is definitely a a part of it. But so are positive emotion, engagement, relationships, and meaning. And so creating a life that provides those things are really what creates success and happiness. Because we're all going to have failures. We're all going to try things out. We're all going to have things that don't work out. But the question is, if you are believing that your success is only tied up in achievement, you're going to have a really hard time. Every time something fails for you, you're going to believe that it's saying something about you. You're going to believe that something is, you know, you've learned something about your value or about your worth. That, you know, you're not a good enough, you know, business person. You're not a good enough whatever it is in your life that you're trying to be. You're taking it all personally. And that's, that's not what's going on. Christy Ellis on failure and what real success looks like. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Secret Leaders. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta. If you like this episode, hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It makes a massive difference. See you next time. Hold up. Before you go, I want to play you a clip of the new true crime show we've just released. Hope you enjoy. In a country run by billionaires and triads, one gangster decides to go it alone. To have a guy like that with bombs and AK-47s and putting billionaire sons in boxes is, is scary. And his actions provoke a geopolitical crisis that leaves Hong Kong in pieces. From Kindling Media and Vespucci, this is Bad Money. Season 1, Big Spender. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.